police in the morning. When a small mining village starts to experience strange deaths in the nearby mines, the authorities discover that the caves are besieged by giant caterpillars with an appetite for humans. If this isn't bad enough, a more horrifying discovery is made in their underground home, a giant flying creature that resembles the prehistoric pterodactyl. Soon after, a second Ronan appears, and the two monsters begin to wreak havoc across the world. Flying at supersonic speeds, Rodan and his mate cause hurricane-force winds that spin fighter jets out of control, and anything that moves on the ground has become potential lunch. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here review B-Movies to the best of our ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. So, this week, uh, for Kaiju Month, part two, we are taking a look at Rodan from 1956. The terror in the sky. Who's not Mothra? So, you heard what the back of the DVD box had to say. Let's dive right into this shit with our technical difficulties. Top and bottom three. What would you like to do first, Paul? You know what? Let's start with the bad this time. Okay. I'll let you go. All right. Number three. There is so much unnecessary exposition throughout this movie. I get it. Hydrogen bombs dropped in the Pacific Ocean, awakened giant monsters from the prehistoric era, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. Just get to the fucking pterodactyls and bugs killing people. Like, it just went on so long, and it was so unnecessary. Okay, you're just telling me what's directly shown on screen. What's the point? It, It all should have been cut, and it would have been actually a lot better if it had been. Number two. So this what every character acts the same no matter what's going on. No matter what the situation is, they're just panicking and spastic, and it seems like that's their default personalities. You know, before everyone's getting eaten and killed by giant bugs or pterodactyls, they're, like, just as panicked and freaked out and spastic as they are when that's going on. It's kind of funny to watch, but it's a little ridiculous. It's like, the grocery store is out of milk. Gah! There's a giant pterodactyl destroying the city. Gah! I missed bargain day at the supermarket. Gah! Garbage day. Gah! And on the opposite end, it seemed like a lot of them were just kind of like emotionless no matter what was going on. Yeah, everyone had like a, like one expression throughout the movie that they kept. Like no one could really emote more than that. It's like, you're the panicked guy. You're also the panicked guy. You're the slightly less panicked guy, but you're more, but you like to look slightly to the left. Nobody really changes tone or expression. And number one. So after the military, spoiler, by the way, fails to cause any meaningful harm against Rodan, the terror from above and his companion are thwarted after they fly too close to a volcano. I'm not sure if they were going for like an Icarus flying too close to the sun thing or trying to make the whole thing go full circle with the creatures being released because of mankind. The volcano was activated prematurely because of bombs dropped by the military or something. So I don't know if it's supposed to be poetic, but it, it, it didn't work and was just kind of dumb. So for me, number three actually is what Paul just gave you a spoiler alert for. The Rodans were defeated through sheer luck as the missiles shot at them caused a volcano to erupt and kill the Rodans. Because, you know, volcanoes. Number two. It took 34 minutes before we even got our first glance of Rodan. And I mean just a glimpse for like less than one second as it flew by the screen. And then we didn't get an actual look at like what Rodan actually was until 38 minutes into this movie. 
Now, that might not sound a lot by, like, today's standards of movie, but this movie is only 72 minutes long. That's more than halfway through the movie to see the creature. Indeed. Number one, after about 30 minutes of the movie, they abandon the main character, who is also the narrator of the film, and focus on a completely new character, who I don't even know the name of by the end of the movie, relegating the first character to a support role who we rarely see again. Like, I was just like, I was like, is this, is this a completely new movie? It's like one part kaiju film, one part um, soap opera. It was, it, it had a really odd tonal shift at times. It, especially, it's, it's kind of like the description on the back of the box where, like, they talk about the giant caterpillar monsters in, like, these giant bold letters. And then, like, halfway through the description, it changes to, like, small print and talks about, like, Rodan. And it's like, it's like two separate films. They just join together. It was like the human centipede of, like, kaiju movies. That's both horrifying and amazing. I mean, the, the human kaiju-pede. Anyways, going on to the good. So number three, Rodan is just fucking amazing. He flies at supersonic speed. He can create hurricanes with just by flapping his wings. And he's virtually immune to every weapon the military brings to oppose him. By virtue of the fact that he's a pterodactyl, he can also... He can also obviously fly, so he fights on both land and sky, which was actually really cool. Number two, so another spoiler. After witnessing the death of its mate by the hands of a rogue volcano, Rodan chooses to willingly welcome death by diving headfirst into the warm embrace of the aforementioned volcano. It was a beautiful tragedy and, you know, brought tears to my eyes. So poetic. Number one. So, unlike in most kaiju films I've seen, Rodan was not the only kaiju in the film. Not only that, but his species wasn't the only one either. There was, like, an entire ecosystem of these prehistoric uh, monster creatures living underground, and it was really interesting to see. Rodan was just the most hostile of the bunch, because most of the other ones we saw were, well, giant bugs. This is definitely a cool idea, and it made the setting seem a lot more interesting. You get the impression that if you were to go even further underground, you'd find all sorts of weird and horrifying creatures beyond just dinosaurs and giant bugs. And I found it interesting that on the on the box they called them like giant caterpillars when they were more like crab spider things. Like I, I, I don't know, it's really weird. I, I never would have thought caterpillar when seeing that. Maybe one of them, like, turns into Mothra and, you know, joins the um, kaiju um, legends. So, for me, at number three, this movie is only 72 minutes long. I mean, that's, that's a fairly short movie. I can, I can stand losing that amount of time, even if a movie is completely unbearable. Number two, there are lots of explosions in this movie. Lots and lots of explosions. Some of them caused by, you know, man shooting missiles and tanks and whatnot at Rodan. Some by Rodan flapping wings and some by a volcano. Number one is, of course, Rodan or the Rodans. They're actually really good looking for being made in the 1950s and being, you know, a giant rubber suit. They destroy everything in sight just by moving around. You know, it's actually like this majestic, powerful being. And uh, I, I love seeing it on screen. Their mere presence is enough to level cities. One thing we didn't mention was quotes and dialogue. And, you know, unfortunately, the dialogue in this movie really wasn't 
up to any kind of standard to actually like get good quality quotes from. It was very straightforward and just kind of like matter of factly. And like Paul said, all in the same general tone. I think some of it might have been lost in translation. So unfortunately, we will not have ourselves a good old fashioned quote war this week. Sad news. So I think we have to jump straight to our final take. Remember, friends, our final take is a score on our shot scale. Our shot scale is a reverse scale, 1 to 10, 1 being the best, 10 being worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a 7 out of 10. I gave it a 4 out of 10. So I have to say, Rodan, the only part of this movie worth watching is the titular monster, of which there are actually two. This movie is all over the place with nuclear bomb testing, mining accidents, shoehorned Americans, prehistoric bugs, and giant pterodactyls of doom. The film actually seems to me to be two movies stitched together into one, as the bug portion and Rodan portions could have been separate entities and still made just as much sense, which is little to none. There are explosions, lots and lots of explosions, but alas, the screen time for the various kaiju amounts to a lot less than I would have liked to have seen. The 72 minutes felt like an eternity, which could probably have been whittled down to 35 or 40 minutes, and most of the dialogue was unnecessary or irrelevant to the plot, or just, you know, not touched upon again, like the one character being engaged to the narrator's sister, and then dies, but it's not a big deal and is never mentioned again after his death. I must say, I was not a fan. When, you know, some of the best things about a movie are the fact that it's in color and less than 75 minutes, it might be a good idea just to steer clear. Sorodan takes the kaiju genre to new heights. Literally. Lying dormant beneath the Earth's surface, Rodan, the pterodactyl terror, seeks revenge against the humans who foolishly disrupt its millennium-long slumber. Rodan dominates the battlefield, whether on land or sky, destroying everything in its path. With a single flap of its wing, he can devastate an entire city. His supersonic speed can outmatch Japan's most advanced fighter jets, and its incredible durability makes it virtually un. Rodan is certainly a kaiju worthy of standing amongst legends such as Godzilla and Gamera. However, as incredible as Rodan itself may have been, it doesn't mean that the film didn't have its share of problems. The plot is basically just a rehash of Gojira from 1954. The story itself is kind of a mess and the film in general is so bogged down with pointless exposition and saying exactly what we're seeing on screen that at times I just wanted to drive down to Japan and fight Rodan myself rather than hearing the word volcano one more time. Rodan is without a doubt an amazing kaiju. However, its film was mediocre. So there you have it friends, a 4 out of 10 for Paul and a 7 out of 10 for me on our shot scale. And now it's time to tell our friends how to drink away the flick. Drink away the flick. Come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the flick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll give you some drink games for this film, but remember friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time someone is strategizing, take a drink. Number two, every time the volcano is mentioned, take a drink. Number three, whenever there's an explosion, take a drink. Number four, anytime someone goes into a cave, take a drink. And number five, of course, because it's Kaiju Month Part 2. Every time you hear a kaiju's name, take a drink. Every time someone says either ancient or prehistoric, take a drink. Every time someone has a bandage on their face or head, take a drink. Every time the military fails to harm Rodan, take a drink. And every time Rodan is on land 
and still beating the shit out of the military or the citizens around him, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away the slick. If you have any thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, you can leave us a comment with your iTunes or SoundCloud. You can also email us bmoviebros at gmail.com, like us on Facebook at facebook.com dash bmoviebros, follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros, or my personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all our other content, including reviews, interviews, and chats from our website bmoviebros.com, where we have new shows each week. If you want to support the show, consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links provided below. So we've come to the end of week two here at Kaiju Month Part 2. And uh, we've seen two movies so far. Let's rank them real quick. Um, for me, number two, Rodan. It, it was a mess of a movie with an awesome monster. But alas, number one, of course, right now, Gojira, the original, the king, the giant turd-looking motherfucker from 54, Gojira in the lead. Yeah, I think it's pretty obvious how this is going to go. Rodan is number two. I mean, I enjoyed the scenes that had Rodan. I thought the story was okay, but it was an obvious ripoff of Gojira. And quite frankly, without number one, obviously being Gojira, Rodan really wouldn't have, well, it wouldn't have been made, but it wouldn't have been as much fun and memorable. So next week we're still in the skies, but instead of pterodactyls, it's moth time with the classic Mothra. So until next time, friends. Be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Yeah, we, uh, <laughs>